Jesus, we thank you so much for this time. Jesus, we thank you for your word and that your word goes out and it does not leave empty. And so, Jesus, I pray that as your word is planted in the hearts of those all around the world who are getting a chance to worship you today, Lord, I pray that you would allow their fruit, fruit that lasts to eternal life. God, be with us. Give us wisdom, humility, and confidence in your word and in your gospel. We thank you for Paul's words to the Ephesians, Lord. Allow this to be our word as well. We thank you for Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen. So we are continuing on in our sermon series, uh, New Life. And this was uh, started on Easter as we continue to go through that we have this new life found in Jesus. And I'm excited for us to be able to be in the text today in what Heath just read in Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. So I would invite you guys during this time, if you have your Bibles with you, take it out. We're going to be spending a lot of time in this text specifically. Um, if you have your phones, I would encourage you guys to take out your phones and uh, jump to that. If you don't want any distractions, maybe putting on an airplane mode is a helpful way um, to not get all those texts coming in because um, you guys are so popular. Um, and so being able to receive God's word uh, today. We're going to be spending time in Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22. And we're going to break down this text into three different parts today, okay? We're going to talk about the past, the present, and the future. Good job. Yeah, future. Glad you guys are paying attention. So three parts, past, present, and future. And in fact, if you go back into Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, Paul does the same thing that he does in 11 through 22. He, go, he starts with the past, goes to the present, and then continues on into the future. Okay, cool. I'm glad you guys are picking up. Okay. We talk about the past, the present, and the future all of the time, right? That's in our language, in our culture all of the time. We, we think about the past, we think about the present, and we also think about the future. Uh, a couple of things that we, that we think about with things like this is um, how many of you guys have kids, older or younger? Okay, uh, remember a time before kids? Yeah, I see some smiles and some laughs. Uh, yeah, maybe you got a chance to be able to do a couple more date nights, right, or to hang out and spend a little bit more money, or uh, maybe you got a chance to do different vacations that eventually in the present, maybe you got to invite them to go on this vacation, but you had to pack up a little bit more, right? Maybe you have kids now that are living in your household, and it's so fun to see them running around and hanging out and smiles. And one of my favorite things to do is, like, listen to y'all share ridiculous stories of your kids. Like, it's just great. I just, I love all the funny stories because they're tiny humans. Like, they just do really funny things. Or maybe they do the same things as us, but just cuter because they're little, right? And it's such a blessing to have kids, right, in, in your household. And then maybe for those of you guys that no longer have kids in your household. Maybe you guys are empty nesters. Any empty nesters in there? You guys are like, yeah, okay. So close. Some of you guys are a little close. Uh, some of you guys who have kids in your house, you're maybe waiting. You're drooling. You're waiting for that day to happen, to, to send your kids off to high school and pass high school into college, and you get to, like, stretch out your arms, get a little bit of space, redo the bedrooms a little bit, right? And so you think about what's going to happen after your kids leave your home, right? Past, present, Future. There we go. How about how about the next one? Uh, anyone remember before COVID? Anybody remember a time when there was like, yeah, you guys are smiling. You're like, yeah, yeah, wow. There 
was, that happened. That was a thing. People were probably a little bit more uh, irresponsible with, like, washing their hands or, like, licking doorknobs. I don't know what people did, right? Um, and now we're a little bit more conscious, right, of our health, of our mental health, right, of all these different things. We've been changed through this pandemic. And maybe for some of you guys, you're thinking about, well, what does the future look like for us? What does the future look like? Will there be another pandemic in our lifetimes? Should I invest in Clorox? Right? Like thinking ahead for what might happen in the future. Right? Last example I want to give is uh, this one. Uh, it is the iPhone. Remember a time before the iPhone? Like pre-2006, right? Um, some, some of your kids maybe weren't born during that time, so all they've known is just like life with this, right? Access to having technology easily or like you guys used to like send like emails to each other back and forth or IMs, anyone remember that? Or, or if you go way back, like sending letters. I found a postcard the other day and I had to think about, I was like, I don't think I've, e this is showing my age. I don't think I've ever sent a postcard before. Just sorry. Like you just, I don't send that. I don't know, it's weird. Just, just send a text message, right? Um, and like, wow, we get the chance to be able to have access to so much information in our pocket. But we've also seen the detriments of having an iPhone, of having technology close to our hands. The, the average American touches their iPhone, oops, got stuff in my pocket. The average American touches their iPhone on an average of 2,590 times a day. Some of y'all are using your Bible on your iPhone. Like, ah. Technology has changed the way that we've lived. And maybe as we look at the future, we think about, well, what's next for us? What's the next technological revolution that's going to happen? Will it be AI? Ooh, we're kind of dipping our toe into that right now, right? Thinking about what's next for us. Past, present, future, yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about today in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. We talk about past, present, and future, and how Paul talks about this in light of the church, in light of our own experiences as followers of Jesus and what this means for us. So I want you guys to open up to Ephesians chapter 2, 11 through 22, and we're going to break down this text together. Okay? Starting at verse 11, it says, Therefore, remember. I want you to underline, remember, highlight it. If you want to push on the word remember on your phone, there's a highlight option. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called the uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision. Okay, so two people groups right here, the uncircumcised, the Gentiles, people who are not part of the promises of God originally, right, not part of the Israelite family. Remember that promise that Abraham was given by God in the Old Testament that he's going to be made into a nation of so many different people and that they're going to be a blessing to the rest of the world. And, and through that, there was this covenant that was circumcision and Abraham had to get circumcised when he was 90 years old. Ooh, that's awkward, right? Ooh, that's not a fun surgery. And so what Paul is saying here is for you who were once Gentiles by birth, not born part of the Israelite family, were called the uncircumcised. You were not part of this promise by those who were Jewish by the circumcision. Remember, underline that word remember, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. You were uh, circumcised from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God 
that word remember, thinking about the past, what used to be. Remember that time that you were not part of this family. Remember. There's this cultural significance in remembering in Christian and Hebrew culture. God consistently reminds the Israelites, remember that time that you were a slave in Egypt and how I delivered you from the hands of Pharaoh and brought you out of the wilderness into the promised land. Remember that time that you were enslaved by the Babylonians because you were being rebellious and how I've rescued you out. Remember the promises of, of Abraham that he's going to be a nation of peoples gathered together that's going to be a blessing to the rest of the world. Remember, remember, remember. He says they were cut off from Christ. They were not part of the promises that were given. And they were without God and without hope in the world. That, that was the past. That was, that was you remembering it. And here's the thing. There are people that are now living our past without God and without hope in the world. And part of the hard thing to reconcile is that there are some really great people, really good people who do a lot for this world that are unfortunately without God and without hope in the world. There are millions of scientists around the world who spend their entire life investing in research to find a cure for various cancers. There are millions of people in the world fighting against sex trafficking all throughout our world to remove slavery. There are millions of people who are fighting for different sorts of reform, not only in our nation, but in our counties, in our states, at the local and federal level, of gun reform, of police reform, education reform, people that are trying to do really good work and are living our past now, that are without God and without hope in the world. Friends, what an opportunity we have to share who we are now be without hope and without God. The world simply doesn't need good people. The world needs the good news. It's good to have good people and to invest in the good things that God has given to us. But as Christians, we don't stop there. The world desperately needs this good news. And Paul goes on to talk about that good news as we continue on. He says this, but now... I want you to underline or highlight that. But now, now we went from past to present. In Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For Jesus, he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Jesus came and preached peace to you who were once far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father 
by one spirit. What's Paul talking about? Once, once you were far away, far away from God. But now, presently, what Jesus has done and is continuing to do is he's saying, I want you to draw near. Come near to the blood of the cross where you experience peace. And once in your life you were experiencing hostility, you were facing chaos in your life, you were going through all sorts of different family trauma and broken relationships and broken hearts and things that you don't want to share with your neighbor. And Jesus is our peace. He has brought us in. Once we were separated by trying to be good people, we were trying to do great things in order to get closer to God, but you can't build your mountain close enough to God. We don't go to God, but God comes down to us. And he says, I want you to draw near as I've come near close to you. Good people have received the good news of who Jesus is. That's who you are. And that's great to hear that. AJ, I come to church on Sunday, every week, most weeks, some weeks, once a month. I hear that. I get content on my podcast. I read scripture. But what does that mean for me today? What does that look like for my life to live this new life that you keep talking about? Well, Paul gives us this answer. So we've gone from past, present, to now. Come on, guys. He's done it like three times. Let's try it again. We've gone from past, present, future. Thank you. Wow. Love it. You guys are so awake. Um, next part of the text. Um, some of you guys have NIV. I don't like the translation NIV. I was a little mad this weekend just like reading through it. It says consequently. Kind of has a negative connotation, consequences. This word so then, so you can write so then or future or highlight consequently. So now, from, from now on, from now into eternity, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, the thing that holds everything up, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And not just for y'all, but for you. And in him, you too, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We not only get to be members of God's household, but the reality is that we get to be royal roommates in the house of God. Not like your college roommates. I know some of y'all have those experiences. But an opportunity to be brothers and sisters united together in God's kingdom. Not just when we die. Not just theoretically. But in the here and now and from now on into all of eternity. We have been thrown together as this holy temple by the Holy Spirit. And we get to grow together in order to image after Christ. God lives with us and inside of us. And sometimes we can look at the rest of the world and we're like, God, you're not doing anything. God, 
aren't you here? Why aren't you showing up for me? And what Paul is saying is like, y'all, look around. Your left, your right. God's dwelling is with his people. God works in you. When you're struggling, when you're dealing with hard circumstances, when you're doubting God, your family is right here. The way that God works in the world is through his people. Friends, we, we are no longer just simply good people. We're God's people in his dwelling. And I really love this text because I think for us as we look at the past, present, and God, you guys are really getting good at this. As you think about the past, present, and future, I was thinking about this like this is how we can share our testimony with the rest of the world. Sometimes it's really hard to share your faith with other people, right? Sometimes we need to think, okay, I need to know the scripture like the back of my hand and, and reading scripture stories. Or I, maybe some thoughts come up like, oh, I just haven't, I haven't been in my Bible as much. I haven't been in prayer as much. I haven't been going to church as much. Or, or maybe when you're talking with other people, there's so many skeptics, right? There's so many people who have doubts or think that spirituality is an ethereal thing. And what God is giving you is your testimony. In the same way that Paul breaks this down in past, present, and future, this is the same for us too. At one point, we were far away from God. At one point, we were not part of this world. We're not acting like it. What Christ has done and is continuing to do is making us into new people each and every day. When, when I wash my hands, I'm reminded of my baptism, that I have been cleansed and I have a new opportunity to live life the way that Jesus did. And the hope of the future, man, that we get to celebrate eternity, not just when we die, but in the here and now, but forever. Friends, we can share that testimony with people who might be far from God. And I love this because last week, uh, I was not here this last weekend, and uh, I was in Orange, California, speaking at a uh, middle school youth conference where 100 middle school students got to hear me speak. And whew, let me tell you, um, California in 80-degree weather is a Texas spring, first off. Um, but man, middle school kids are stanky. Like, like just, like, oh my gosh. If you are about to have kids that are gonna be in middle school, like, like start gearing up for like deodorant, like just stock it, just stock it up. Uh, whoo, it was rough. Anyways, uh, so I was speaking and the theme was, this theme, it says, I am because he is. I am because he is. And I thought this was such a great thing for us to think about because it talks about our past. I, I am not who my past was. I, I am because of who God is, because of what he's done for my life. And, and I love the opportunity for us to be able to read with middle school students to be reminded of the creation narrative. And we got to the point in Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 27. And, and God is talking and he says, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image and let them have dominion over all of the earth. 
I just thought that was such a powerful thing. And so he created humanity, both male and female. He created them in his image. Friends, you are made in his image. And, and a lot of texts that talk about creation language and other religions during that time, they would just say, only the kings and the higher-ups could have the authority like God, and they were the only ones made in the image of God. Pharaoh thought he was the only one who was made in the image of God. And what was so countercultural during that time was that God said to all of humanity, says, you are made in my image. You will have dominion. You will be a king and a queen that reflects the one true king. Show you what I mean. This is the smallest mirror I could find. made in the image of God. When you look at yourself, we don't always see ourselves being made in his image. When you look at yourself in the mirror, maybe you see your brokenness, or your history, or your mistakes. That was your past. And your present was that Jesus himself has taken this crown and he has placed it on his head as he bleeds out on a cross with a crown filled with thorns. When you see yourself, when the world sees you, they should see in the mirror, Jesus has saved and redeemed you from all of your past, all the things that you're struggling with now, and your future hopes. Friends, you have been crowned as a king and a queen of his kingdom because of our one true king. look at yourself in the mirror, I want you to see his crown placed on you. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for calling us royalty and your one true king. That new life that you have given to us has been, has been crowned to us. Jesus, 
we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for all that you've done for us in your life and your death and your resurrection, but also by your spirit. Jesus, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we don't always see ourselves as part of your family. We don't always treat each other and the rest of the world to be made in your image. Jesus, for those who are who are without hope and without God in the world, I pray that you would allow us as your kings and queens under your rule and your reign to share the testimony of our past, our present, and our future. Jesus, I, I thank you so much for this church that we would be reflections of your kingship to the rest of the world. 